Pod Boys Productions. Said I don't know if I've ever been good enough. I'm a little bit rusty and I think my head is caving in. And I don't know if I've ever been real in love. But here let's touch me and I feel like something's got to give. And I'm a little bit angry. Well, this ain't over. No, not here, no. Not well, I still need you around. You don't own me. We might change, yeah. 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 Uh, all right, we'll just get started then. Hey, we got your boy, Pod Drew, back here on Movies Are Relevant on Brooklyn Rebound Network. It is August 2023. We've crested the peak of uh, summer blockbusters, if that's a thing anymore. And maybe it is a thing because a certain movie may have saved the film industry, at least for now even though there's, of course, the writer's strike is ongoing, the longest one ever, I believe, as of this recording. The actors, uh, the uh, SAG is striking, led by the nanny herself. Uh, But, you know, the box office was somewhat saved by, of course, the cultural phenomenon of Barbie. And, uh, of course, we have Podken on as my co-host here. He does podcast and he's going to get in here and give his thoughts. That's right, that's right. we got Young Beach and the Beach Boys. I'm here. We're here to tell you about uh, Blah Blah, the Woke Mind Virus, etc. Because there's one movie about a woman in theaters. That's right. Ben Shapiro is far from happy about this. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, so, of course, movies are relevant here. Typically on the program we like to uh, talk about a newer released film and pair it with an older classic now for this current episode as of you know our last recording we had made all these grand plans to fully dive into the barbenheimer if you don't know that i'm all talked by this point i don't don't know how to help you (laughs) yeah so uh we were gonna break format and just do two new movies and then we're like why sit through an extra three hour film in theaters when we could stay at home and watch a breezy 91 minute uh, nostalgia fest 2001 comedy instead so that's it literally took half the time and we didn't have to go to theaters is this like so we're the problem right we're like we're movie guys hmm. my personality is basically movie at the, my job is movie just movie guy. right yeah as ken you're not really on i do podcast i guess you're more like i do watch movies. right my job is just movie. Your job so, is just pod. We genuinely <laughs> had one job, really. which was to see two films in three weeks, and we didn't. We just decided not to do it. I even yes. like. I like most Christopher Nolan movies, and I don't have a problem sitting through a three-hour movie. What is wrong with us? Me either, but it's. I mean, to be fair, you know, getting to out to the theater. It can be difficult. Uh, it's a lot easier to do it at home. I know you're saying we're the problem. Are we the problem? Partially, maybe, but I think Oppenheimer's also did pretty well, right? Uh, especially for a three-hour non-action film that that is, as I've heard, is mostly people just having conversations. I think it's still 
it, it didn't flop or anything. So I think you know, I don't think we have blood okay. on our hands for that okay. one. We let the we let the queen of the pod down too. The patron saint of the pod. Well, you know, Pew has kind of fallen by the wayside for us. So we we have uh, dropped the ball on that one. You know, it was kind of like a pandemic affair with us. And okay, well, that's true. To, that's true life for her too. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she's great in the film. I still like her as an actress, but, you know, it's not... I don't know if she's a saint anymore in 2023. Here. But I do think she's phenomenal, and I do think uh, Killian Murphy is phenomenal. Um, and, I, I again, I like Christopher Nolan movies, and I care about, like, movies in general, you know? And, like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get out of the house for Oppenheimer. I mean, this... I guess it's a little more on you, because... I've said before, I'm not like a huge Nolan head, even though I I did take a look at his filmography and see what if I how completionist I have been, including Oppenheimer. Obviously, I've only not seen three of his films. I still haven't seen Interstellar, which I do plan to watch. I'm going to watch it this year. That's you know, what? I'll probably complete Nolan this year. Uh, the, the other one is his first film, which is called Following, I believe, from 1998. I've never seen Following either. So that's probably the only one you haven't seen of his oeuvre. So I'm going to do that. But yeah, it's, he is in a weird space for me where I have seen most of his movies, but I still don't. And I do think he's a good director, obviously, but I don't. Uh, I'm not appointment feeling. I don't know. And I, I'm kind of off put a little bit by some film, kind of film bro type people that I do feel champion him quite a bit. So it's not really his fault. I definitely but understand. It, you know what I mean? Um, and I didn't like Tenet, so anyway. That's fair. I mean, yeah, Tenet was... I guess I did like Tenet, but more as, like, an action movie. Like, I'm tired of the... I, I, I'm tired of the aspect of Nolan films where it's like, I have to draw a diagram and then go to Reddit and see if my diagram matches everyone else's diagram for this movie, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm definitely tired of that, but... His movies just work. They like they are good. I don't think he's one of my guys either. But like I loved Interstellar, like we said last time. Um, I, I, I was certainly willing to give Tenet a chance, provided it ever released, which I'm still not sure that it has. My big problem with Nolan is, of course, that everyone started, everyone got on his jock after he made fucking Batman movies, and you know that that is just going to piss me off. Um, but he's a good director, and those are good movies. Yeah, I mean, even I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that per se. Um, so I'll just let you say what you were gonna say. No, uh, even like Inception, which I do, I do like. The, I haven't watched in a while, but I did like it uh, quite a bit. That one got kind of annoying with people too. I feel like where they overanalyzed it or overhyped it in some way. Because that, that was combined the first with the one... Batman ones, you know. Yeah, because that was the first one he did after Batman, right? Yeah, I think was it even between Dark Knight I think, and Dark I think, Knight Rises? I think it was between two Batmans. Yeah. So. Batman. Anyway, I I do. Uh, the other thing I is I guess his it I was putting it all on the film bros that as to my annoyance with it, but it is him a little bit I guess because he is pushing so hard like you have to see it in the. You had to see my movie in the theater. That's why people got it mad at him during COVID with Tana. But I, I agree and I don't, with him, and and, yeah. and and also to a certain to a certain audience, we are the film bros, right? That's probably true. Yeah, but uh, it's like uh, being a hipster or something. You don't say like you are that. Other people just call you that. You know. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and I. It's not like I disagree. Like you should see these films in the theater, but I don't know. At a certain point, 
it's I, I kind of do want to just watch Oppenheimer at home. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's. Uh, I guess that's not mm-hmm. a good mindset to go into it. Like the, he obviously filmed this, filmed it on IMAX and all these things. Um, with yeah, but I had a nice TV though. You yeah. know. Yeah, and I don't even have that. But it's like I don't know. Yeah, this could be this could be a heresy for some people. I'm sure saying things like this, but. It's tough, and the, and they're also they didn't even though he filmed it in IMAX with IMAX cameras. There's not that many actual IMAX theaters, and it's like hard to get tickets even for the the ones that there are. So yeah, I've heard that like, they, it, like for the first week and a half, it just was impossible for like you to get a ticket living in LA, right? Yeah, I mean, so very hard for anyone else, and and I kind of am of the attitude. Maybe I warped how i watch movies in the first place anyway because i watch so many movies and i like will watch several at once at this point and things like that i think you're onto something and on my computer most of the time and everything so i know like probably directors would hate this sort of thing but and be like you're not watching it the right way but at a certain point i'm like i think it's better to have everyone be able to see it if they can you know and versus like you have to watch it in this certain scenario circumstance I think even as a as a tangent or a corollary to that, I've I've gotten so used to sitting sitting back here in my office crushing tape, petting my cats, getting a little drunk, uh, and, and and just like watching so many movies, like crushing tape, right? Why would I go to a theater? Why would I spend basically four and a half hours of my life going to a theater and, and watching Oppenheimer? I can watch two different movies in that time. Is I guess on on a certain level a calculation that my brain is making when I can't get it up to go see, like, an event movie like this. That's true, but at the same time, then I'm also, like, I do like that, at least with Oppenheimer, and it was tied in with the whole Barbenheimer thing, but, like, it, it I do, I am glad that there are some event movies still uh, in this day and age where it's pretty few and far between, especially a non, obviously, Marvel slash superhero film. Yeah, we've recently seen a non-Marvel event movie. <laughs> yeah, and I do think we're finally kind of Resting the the peak a little bit. Uh, well, we're past the peak certainly, but I think we're starting to get the push. You know, the the waves coming over. Uh, yeah. What is this analogy I'm trying to make? I, I'm losing it here. I don't do beach like Ken, but we're at the point where I think people are even like more uh, regular people, not film bros like us. I guess are getting hitting the point of like saturation with superhero films and. Obviously, Barbie is a huge hit. Still IP and everything, but... Uh, and I, I'm sure studios are going to learn the, the wrong lessons from it in terms of what they're, you know, they're making a Polly Pocket film with Lena Dunham or whatever. Uh-huh. So, uh, Learning uh, but you know what I mean? wrong lessons. At least uh, I think that we're going to get some other different kinds of films now, hopefully, if the Hollywood industry stays afloat in the first place. With, you know, I mentioned... Yeah, you know what we will not be getting is Dune Part 2 or a new Luca Guadagnino film. Uh, Spider-Verse Part 2. I know you told me off mic that you had uh, watched Part 1 recently. Oh, yeah, Nerds Rejoice. Uh, I saw Spider-Verse 2 Part 1, and it's really, really lovely and good. It's good, yeah. Um, I think I gave my thoughts on it. Yeah, you already have, and and, and I won't won't do any more. This this is not Spider-Man's day. Now, did you you see one film that uh, I talked about last pod also, but that kind of disappointed a little bit. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to putting it in a bad spot 
too close to Barbenheimer was Dead Reckoning. Did you ever get to the theater? I didn't get out to see Dead Rex either. Would you have seen Oppenheimer over that first? No, no. Next, another trip. I really, I really was like planning to see Dead Reckoning, and then just kind of I saw Barbie and moved on with my life. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all talk. Well, should we get all talk about Barbie at this point? I mean. It's been out for on this Barbie podcast. <laughs> we have we have... well, we usually talk about other stuff for a little bit. <laughs> That's true, but we have prioritized the film, <laughs> the film of a man over Barbie. Yeah, hey, hey, on this Barbie's is, I mean, podcast. This is our we're doing no, it. Bob, we're doing the Patreon. Do film, all right, man, we're still involved, Eric. It, uh, <laughs> uh, it's been out for at least three weeks at this point of this record, which again is still pretty topical for us. We're we're decently on top of it. This is uh, this is faster than we've ever gotten to a I would movie, say, so nobody gets to complain. Yeah, we're uh, two weeks into August right now. It came out maybe with a week, week and a half left of July. So yeah, we're between three and four weeks. Uh, but it's been about uh, two and a half weeks since I saw it. Uh, it was hard, even though I didn't go opening day or anything, and I went during the day at like a, uh, a 2, 2 p.m. screening or something. Uh, Evil Alex and I took this one in with me and we had to sit in the second row from the, the screen which I this is the closest I've sat that's, that's brutal closest I've sat in a year like probably 15 20 years like probably it was a kid since the last time I got stuck sitting that close and I did it for I did it for Gerwig and for the the culture I guess um which that's that sounds like I'm just talking about white culture now, so never mind that. Everything I do, I do for Greta Gerwig, so. <laughs> yeah. It was the, the seats that reclined, so it was okay. I think if I was in the very first row, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And I don't want to do this the second row again even, but yeah. It was, so that was an interesting setting as well. There was a lot of people wearing pink in the theater lobby. And there was a lot of kids in the screening. Obviously, it was a, again, it's a summer daytime uh, Barbie film. So that was mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit unique for me as well. Not going to a ton of uh, f- films in the theater where the, there's a kids present um, at in this in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three. I will say we can get into it. I do think I'm curious how some kids took the, this film, <laughs> but anyway, what how, that was uh, that was my screening. What was your situation? I I took my mother to a Saturday night showing of Barbie. What a gentleman! Because, yeah. uh, my aunt went without her. And, Family drama. Yeah, there were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're on notice, Tina. Oh uh, no, it wasn't a completely packed theater here in Central Arkansas, but there were definitely people wearing pink, like couples wearing pink, like groups of younger girls in pink, groups of people my age in pink. Me wearing all black, like I do everywhere I go, because it's always a funeral when I'm around. You're a goth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, really packed, engaged house. For my that's a week late Barbie screening, um, very encouraging for obviously for a one point two million billion dollar uh, mega success. No, yeah, it's just we, a uh, massive a massive head. Um, a, a quick aside about your black attire: Are you currently painting your fingernails black, a la Carson Daly and uh, Josie and the Pussycat? <laughs> currently, I am working on that. And yeah. uh, and I guess Aries Spears and his utterly bizarre uh, cameo slash role in that words. Saying he's Carson Daly. I did not get that. Can't wait to talk about that. We'll get into it in a bit. But uh, yeah, so it is a cultural 
phenomenon. I would think that's fair to say. Where I mean, I guess we'll start where we normally do. Like, you, did you enjoy the film? Is it a wreck from you? Yes. So much like uh, Master Gardener, I'm kind of refusing to rank the Greta Gerwig solo movies. Okay. Uh, solo directorial joints. Obviously, she directed, um, I think, Francis Ha and for sure Mistress America with her partner Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Which are, are two dearly beloved objects of mine. Yeah. I'm kind of refusing to rank the Greta Gerwig canon right now. Probably early, I like it less. I probably I like it less than the other two. But like I just came off of having a really great time watching a movie that in no way, well I guess I won't say in no way because of all the Ken stuff. But like really, this movie didn't really care if I liked it, um, and I just like I, I really did. Yeah, no, I liked it quite a bit as well. I would say with her uh, three solo direct directorial features, I did enjoy Little Women quite a bit, but. I, I, Little Women is fucking. I wouldn't great. watch it again over Bar like rewatchability. I would certainly watch Barbie again over that. I think, and if I never watch it again, I'd probably be okay. I'm not saying I won't. I I probably will at some point. Maybe I would go. I've actually rewatched Little Women okay. in the last like year and a half, and it it, it is worth it. It, okay. it is rewarding. That would be one I feel like if I have kids or something, maybe maybe we'd throw that on in, in the future. But uh, yeah, watch Little Women with your Little Women. That's that's right. That, that's. That's the move for sure. <laughs> I can't wait. It's gonna be so cute. Yeah, you're uh, and Francis High, I think was was not her solo. It was with Bombach and you. You enjoying that one puts you in, in opposition to my my paramour evil Alex as well because she told me that I heard her mention something about that before that she didn't like it and she didn't realize when we watched Barbie that it was a great joint and I told her that after we were out when she was saying how much she liked it because uh, she liked it a lot as well. We both, yeah. we both did, and she was like, oh, I'm surprised because I really, I don't like her. And I think the reason is because she really didn't, Francis Ha, but anyway, okay, I, but she's she, not here did, to defend did herself. Did she not so. like the character in, of Francis Ha? Because it's like, I think, Girls is a terrible show because yeah. I don't like any of the girls. That's the point there, of the there show. There could be a little bit in there, but uh, I won't speak for her on that regard. But I know she's she is a, a former dancer, and I think there was some stuff about dance in the right. film that... Uh, was not according to her true to life or it rubbed her the wrong way, I believe. That makes so, sense to me then. Okay. I think that's the the main main thing. You know, sometimes some something just hits you the wrong way. You can't get Yeah, you can't get oh, like it. like how I've never seen Whiplash and I simply won't. Wait, no, that's not true. I've never seen the sound of metal and I simply won't. Okay. I was about to uh, say Whiplash. That yeah, I think you have seen Whiplash because we've probably talked about it on this show. We've definitely talked <laughs> about Whiplash. <laughs> But yeah, Sound of Metal, I haven't seen that yet either. Or Anyway, back to Barbie. It's kind of a four-quadrant banger, uh, obviously, other than, and you know, incel slash people getting mad at it for... But but incels know. are in the guy quadrant, and that is a, it is a banger in the guy quadrant, too. We, we love it. And with that being said, I was... I, I'm curious about the kid aspect, because that's part of the quadrant. Obviously, a lot of people are taking their kids kids want to see it i'm sure they're getting advertised at a ton or they mm -hmm. but some of the jokes and references in this are clearly kids would not get yeah but i mean the there were like jokes in fucking shrek yeah for your parents right i guess it's so. like fun but this has been happening forever this is kind of why i think you decided to pair this one with josie and the pussycats and i think it was smart. yes i did 
uh, because that's also a film where it, it, not for kids at all, even though it's it's kind of you would think for teenagers, preteens, but clearly the movie is not pitched at that level. You know, no, that, that's a movie for their kids. Gen X uh, like uncles. And stark opposition to Barbie, that was a massive flop. But anyway, with Barbie, the the at my screening, the loudest laugh I heard kids laughing at was when. Issa Rae said fuck, which they beeped out anyway. <laughs> like, that was the biggest slap yeah, I got. Yes. And I was thinking, to, you know, me and Alex talked about it too, like the this song that comes in at the credits, when the credits start, it's talking about, like, bitch, this and that, like, really loud. And there's, like, little kids. Oh, yeah, the, like, that's that's the Nicki Minaj song? Uh, maybe, yeah, I guess so. Um, and then I was, we are like, yeah, like, shit has changed for sure since... Which I'm not opposed to it. Like I think language, whatever. Yeah, clearly listeners will will, will know that I don't care. But what uh, language kids are exposed to. But it is interesting to to think about like how things have changed in this regard. For yeah, well, I mean, it also like this isn't tr- this truly isn't like. And there was the annoying like fake Facebook panic about like this is not a movie for children. But like this isn't a movie for children. This is a movie for you know people credit Kerwin's age or or 21 year old women or like 28 year old dudes you know it's just kind of like that kind of like that's why it's such an event movie it's it is a movie for everyone it's 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 like the one movie I've ever seen that proves Richard Wagner wrong when he said if you try to make art for everyone you will make it for no one is it is that really the only one you think did that or that's I'm certain that there's <laughs> okay. another movie out there. The Grudge, The Blair Witch Project. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know about The Grudge, but we, we talked about that one. Yeah, so it's kind of like Lady Bird, I guess. What I did feel like it was kind of made for me in a way. Like, I related to it pretty strongly. Because, like, I went to Catholic school also. And, like, kind of the same era. And did kind of similar things to her. Or her uh, avatar in the film, Saoirse Ronan. And then, like, this is kind of, like, had some vibes like that, too, of, like, you kind of said, like, people more our age or people, you know, older millennials, I guess, slash whatever. There was, like, some definitely references that were fitting into that. Even, like, they cut to the, yeah. the girl playing with Weird Barbie or creating Weird Barbie, and, it, and they're playing, it's, like, Spice Girls is playing and stuff. So that's our era to a degree or around there. But, like, it's even more kind of wide than... I mean, Lady Bird's like a coming-of-age story, too, so everyone can get into that, but... Right, because everyone at some point comes of age, and everyone yeah. at some point um, lives in Sacramento and goes to Catholic school and fights with your mom and listens to Dave Matthews' band. Most of those things did happen to all of us. We, we may have repressed <laughs> exactly. those feelings. Um, no, but, like, Lady Bird obviously is communicating some nearly universal shit, right? As is Little Women, I'm, I mean... The speech is about, like, what women are supposed to do or not supposed to do. But she ends the speech by saying, but I'm so lonely, uh, which pretty much everyone gets to relate to, right. you know? And then this might be even, so Barbie might be as far out of the three, like, even more so universal in, in a way. I mean, it, it's more meta, obviously, than other ones, which aren't really meta at all, I guess, but... yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's both, right? And that's what makes it so good, is that it, it is at once pitched directly at, at, like, women of all ages. But just like, and this is partly the point of the movie, just like the movie gets to be for them and for me, the point of the movie is kind of that 
if cultural misogyny stops them from becoming fully self self realized and or fully realized and self actualized people in their own right, and, and it co- forces them to live their lives in the shadows of men or, or comparing themselves to you know images created by men, that also directly affects me and every other man because then you know we don't meet any real women. You know? Yeah, wow, misogyny is bad for men as well. Yes. Or look what that look what that does to yeah. the Kens, right? So overloading their brain. I, I yeah, I think that there is some kind of metaphor in there about the movie working for everyone, and also that being the point. Yeah, um, I think that's accurate. No, I think it all happened on purpose. That I mean, it's, it's a it's a real tight screenplay. Yeah. I think the stuff with the Kens. I'm not saying it should have done this, but it could have went a little bit further. Maybe it could have actually. I thought that angle could have been a little bit tighter, uh-huh. or more more punchy. Or well, if it had, then we really would be having a con. If it had done more yeah. with the Kens, we really would be having a conversation about Ken stealing the show. I guess so. I just mean more in terms of like the the ang- the whole theme of like uh, Ken realizing going to the real world and seeing the patriarchy and then being like, "Oh, this is like this is." for me this is good and then bringing it back i mean that is what that is how, how the film transpired but it was kind of um it was in there with a couple other things i guess and it got a little bit well they shelve him for the entire middle of the movie and then when barbie gets back to barbie land it's like patriarchy's here it happened without you without your permission right while you weren't looking um which i, I again it's a tight screenplay like i feel like they did that uh, like they did that as a comment yeah i'm just thinking of I guess how it could have been a different, a little bit of a different, like a, a little bit more of a, a satire maybe, but it's not exactly that type of film. So fair enough. And it is like, I think they did a great job in terms of getting everything working together in a Barbie, like this toy basically that everyone knows obviously, but like, and still. It is insane that this works. Yeah. I mean, yes. cause they are, they also have to, Unlike Josie and the Pussy Gets, for, for instance, which is not a property anyone necessarily cares too much about, uh, not beloved or anything, they, and it's not, you know, whoever owns that property, I assume, it's not like Mattel or whatever, that's like a huge business where they Barbie has to walk the line of not offending them or like not showing them as being too capitalist, bad, whatever, you know, and still... Right, still getting the humor right. in there, dealing with the Barbie and it, which the movie does with the the younger char- you know, daughter character of like, Barbie's not uh, good for women, etc. Dealing with that whole issue, essentially. Yes, which it kind of makes sense, I guess, because like Barbie as a toy is kind of bad and good at the same time if you think about it. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the that's the point of the movie. <laughs> and then yeah, so I guess that's where they got it. So. So um, it's clever to, like, work that angle into it. Probably, you know, the best way to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I liked it a lot. The The visuals were really amazing. Like, the actual look of everything. You know why? Because they were real. Because they weren't made on Not the computer. CGI. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And even I didn't even get all of the references that people that play with Barbies would. And, you know, I'm certain I missed some stuff. Uh, I was neither a Barbie or a G.I. Joe head. Yeah, well, even, like, the thing about... One of the main things is, like, the feet thing. That's stuff I got. 
Well, I guess I just never thought about it. Like that Barbie's feet are up like that or not flat. Like I never, I. Yeah, so that they fit into the. Yeah. The, the, the shoes or whatever. Yeah. Even that may be basic, but I never, I didn't, wouldn't have thought of that necessarily. And then I like all the stuff for like showering and no water and all this, you know, all these things. Right. <laughs> One day she pours, she pours no milk out of a fake milk carton, drinks it and it's fine. And the next day that same milk is rotten. Yeah. That same not milk. I like how the the daughter was like, oh, do big hands come in and like start playing? Like, no. Oh my God. I love everything that Issa Rae did in this movie. Um, just like President Barbie fucking ruled. Uh, Issa Rae fucking rules. Uh, but like, oh, President Barbie, you're here. Yes, you're welcome. I just, yeah. every line that Issa Rae said was perfect. What else? The middle of the movie, how did you feel about the real world parts? I like that, well, it still wasn't, even the real world was not really the real world. I mean, it was still very heightened reality, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. mind that. Uh, like, the whole Will Ferrell stuff, you know, he's doing his normal thing. And the, um, the whole Mattel Corporation I guess, are we yes. still considering that part of the real world, I guess? Like, that's super heightened still in the office and everything. I will, as an aside, say that, like, we're incredibly lucky as a as a viewing public that Mattel was so game to let uh, Bombach and Gerwig uh, in their script make so many jokes about the their evil capitalist overlords. Yeah. Like how Will Ferrell is, is in a room full of uh, men talking about empowering mm-hmm. women. Um, well, see, I do think it... And, and won't take any criticism. I think it was a little bit... They were able to get away with it because they made it... They, it wasn't that much about capitalism. I, I don't think it was more about, like, the feminist issue. So... Oh, I mean, literally, they're, they're overlords at Mattel. Yeah, like, the the characters are that. Are overlords, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Just just how game they were to, to have the Mattel Corporation mm-hmm. playfully ribbed. Um, yeah, I th- but I'm saying I think they did it in a way that it wasn't... It was... It was, uh, it was. I mean, punches were pulled, sure. Yeah, so... And, you know, getting Will Ferrell to play. Obviously, with all the... Disney like, simply wouldn't have allowed that, for instance. Probably not, but, uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Mattel... The Mattel Cinematic Universe is... Uh, they're coming, so... They're going to do yeah. things a little yeah. differently than old Disney. Until Disney buys them, probably, uh, six, seven right, years. right, and then so I liked the America Ferrera character. She did a very good, you know, her performance is really good. I thought because that was like the more of the you know, true to life part, I guess, like bringing in the mm-hmm. the idea of like things are changing for me, and that's literally affecting my drawings are literally affecting the Barbie. I mean, all this stuff is like a little bit tenuous in terms of like how does it really it work? It doesn't really matter, you know. Well, I mean, in the movie, that's why so... I mean, it's all the movie's so smart about like every character telling you that it doesn't make sense but here's how it works the 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 Birkenstock thing you know the several what is it like eight different travel methods to get to the real world uh and and back the the just like yep here here is a fact yeah and and even also that they're doing some references obviously to the toys like to I guess being an just a straight advertisement with like Ken throw his clothes out and they stop in there and say like what it is and all that stuff yes um, and the travel part's a little bit like that too and like the different things the barbies can do i guess the most real world stuff was like them walking around and then you know when he 
when like people are she's like saying like oh i'm getting a i'm feeling attention that's not doesn't feel right to me and ken's like uh-huh. I, like i'm looking at, that was the most like you know real world illusion type stuff which obviously clearly wraps up in the the main kind of theme yeah of yeah for sure the film but uh yeah overall it was pretty high and still i didn't you know it's it, it did walk the kind of walk the line here of like being kind of a little bit of everything not like a hard satire like i was kind of thinking it could be cool but it wouldn't have been successful i'm sure no not it is a, shockingly earnest yeah I guess not shockingly because earnestness is a Greta Gerwig hallmark, but like it's a Barbie movie, you know, you know, yeah, yeah you, you know. And you know, there is still good references and everything. I, I didn't know that the because I saw the preview like everyone did with the two thousand one Space Odyssey whole parody kind of thing. I thought that was just going to be the preview for some reason, but it was an actual. It was the actual start of the film. The the, the opening of Barbie is literally the opening of so two thousand one. Kids definitely didn't get that. That uh, well, probably the, the real people our age didn't get it. Probably, but yeah, um, yeah it's. I think uh, it would definitely be rewatchable. Though there's stuff you'll pick up on the next time and stuff like that because it's so dense. Like you, I even find myself just like forgetting what some of the bits were. Right? Um, yeah, I think tons of rewatch value. Plus, Margot Robbie is amazing. I, I've I fully reversed my position in the last ten years. Um, she is amazing. She is one of the best. She's 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 out here, you know. She's having first of all an a, an incredible year, being being the 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 little the little punch at the end of uh, Asteroid City and now this and Babylon from last year. I haven't year. seen that. I, you, I I might be on the on the. I'm not gonna watch it. Train you got to join the hive. I'm, Speaking of three hour movies, okay, Babylon Hive. Here we come. You, you got to join it. Is she so? She's really good at that. She is transcendent in Babylon and really like m- magical in Barbie. Uh, I think I, I'm just fully no, like no, no, she, I'm she's no longer perfect for. Uh, yeah. What was her title of like what Barbie stereotypical Barbie? Yes. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect for her. Well, obviously. even the joke about like the. Uh, the the line where uh who is Helen Mirren was thank you Helen Mirren it's just like yeah. n- note to the producers you can't have her say this line and it be Marco Robbie yeah she's between this and uh what's the big short I believe where they just ha- insert her and like like here's Marco Robbie in a bathtub uh, telling yes. you how shorting works or whatever that's like how many films is she gonna be in where she I know she's the star of this one but like. It's still like a, a joke inside the movie referencing her directly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what a <laughs> weird piece of trivia that neither of us are ever going to yeah. forget now. No, I want to make a movie and do this. But, um, yeah, you, you just mentioned Asteroid City. We won't relitigate this one, you know. Circle back to our last episode. Here's our thoughts on Tell that. me off mic if she you've was, seen it again and changed your mind. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you on mic, I haven't seen it again, so I, I okay, okay. haven't changed my mind yet. I will watch that one again, too. That's a rewatcher, I think, for sure. But her part in that is kind of, like, emblematic of my, my one issue with the film, which I, where I felt that uh, Wes Anderson was trying to cram in a lot of extra characters slash celebrities or famous actors into that extra kind of framework. But anyway, without agreeing, I can see how you got there. But yeah, we, we've got to we've got to move on to this month's movies. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, we have to talk Josie, of course. But 
you know, uh, people are talking about Gosling a lot. He he is really good. Also, like he's how he's really good. He's kind of perfect for Ken. Like she's perfect for Barbie. It's very good casting. Uh, what's the other guy? Uh, uh, the Asian Simu Liu. Simu Liu. Yeah, he. Well, I mostly know him from uh, Alex got me on this show called um, Kim's Convenience. So we, we were wa- we've been watching the past year. So I thought you were going to say Shang Chi, the uh, the last year's blockbuster success. No, Shang Chi. Uh, was that only last year that came out? Well, anyway, it, uh, that's in the phase of Marvel that I'm not watching. It came out past, though, where I got off the train on Marvel uh, MCU, so haven't seen that, but... Uh, that's No, fair. he's, like, the main... Before that came out, he was the main one of the main characters on the sitcom, which, you know, it's, like, a very um, run-of-the-milk sitcom, but done really well, you know? So, anyway, we thought it was fun to see him in the kind of, like, with, you know, huge actors and everything... Yeah. He doesn't have, like, the charisma, obviously, of Gosling. Uh, apparently, he doesn't have but... any, uh, that charisma on set, either. Really? There was, that, there was that rumor that all of his co-stars hated him. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so he's lacking the res. Well, oh, well. Kim's Convenience, you know, still a funny show. The What else? Kate McKinnon, I normally kind of eh on her. I think she's a little overrated to me, comedically. But I, I think she, this is a very good use of her and the type of stuff she does. I often find Kate McKinnon's comedy, like, very very broad and bland. But no, I mean, Weird Barbie was great. The the, yeah, li- the little cutaway of the Barbie being destroyed was great. That was good. That was the aforementioned thing with the Spice Girls, you know, music staying. Um, but I will say, I saw this on Twitter or whatever, that, you know, with capitalism, Mattel running amok once again, they're apparently trying to make... Like sell a weird Barbie. Yes. Doll and someone whoever on Twitter was like, "No, what did you not get the lesson of the movie? Like weird Barbie has to be created, not not sold that way. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. <laughs> it's so literally, anyway. it's in the text. But yeah, it's an interesting one that it is a huge success with what with what the type of film it is, and it's like some things you're surprised they would get away with that in a what's well, a big again cultural phenomenon i'm gonna keep saying it i guess and then some things are like oh it makes sense that they did it this way and it worked mm-hmm, I know. Mm-hmm. but yeah but i'm kind of in the bag for Gerwig. i think i pretty much i always have been and always will be yeah but so, i mean it's great I, I assume they'll make a sequel it probably is already greenlit uh who knows what that if, if they got a little more even weirder speaking of weird barbie and a little more cutting on some of the the humor in terms of like they don't need to make it a dark comedy or anything but if they take the the social commentary and make it a little more incisive even yeah. i don't know if that's really i don't know if that's really Gerwig's speed i guess you know i think she is a little bit more Gerwig and and obviously bombach who is older than her their sensibilities are very gen x yeah right very ad y at times obviously they did white noise together but yeah was she involved in that? I haven't, I haven't seen that, but I heard it. She co-stars with Adam Driver, and obviously, like... Oh, she's in, she acts in it, okay. They're like a, they're like a couple, right? So I, I, I just fully assume they work on absolutely everything together. Probably to some degree, yeah. You know, I like Bombach fine. I'm, an, I'm not a completist of him either. No, no. You're not going to get away with that now, because several times in the past you've told me, I don't really like Noah Bombach. Uh, all right. Maybe that's not fair then to, for me to have said that if I did. Check the archive, listener. 
I, I like some of his films. Yeah. I guess he's he's another guy that is off-putting me in some ways. And I think she gets her sensibilities more of what I like in filmmaking. Maybe. So you like everything he's done after Greenberg, then, basically? Mm, yeah. Well, I haven't seen it again. And again, I, I have heard White Noise. I've heard several people saying it was uh, very bad. But you saw it? Uh, I saw it. I didn't think it was bad. Okay. That is a novel... That is a... Well, challenging I know the novel kind of to adapt beloved, and so. it seems like yeah. he did his best okay yeah anyway i think it's just that the kind of themes he goes in for more are not to my speed as much as like what girl does there's like uh, yeah a, I, I completely understand there's like a rounding off of the comic sensibility it, it's a little bit of like the neuroticism which doesn't yes. speak okay. to me that much which I think he traffics in quite a bit. So he's not the only filmmaker like this that I have issues with. But but that being said, I definitely don't hate him. I'll take that back. But I don't think I specifically said that that strongly because it doesn't sound like me to be. Usually I'm equivocating <laughs> a little bit here and there. But anyway, I, I like some of his films. I, I think, you know, I do think he's a, a good writer and everything. Like, he's very talented. Just not always my speed of stuff got and you. i i gotta give some more things a chance i've never seen a lot of it i haven't seen a lot of this film including greenberg i've also not seen that so anyway oh i haven't seen the other one with like ben stiller and adam sandler that a lot of people really liked i think from a few years ago ben stiller dustin and adam sandler i believe it's a bombach joint dustin Hoffman, oh I think, is that's that's a tv show right the, no no the i think it's tales yeah that's what it is it's a movie i'm pretty sure uh, but I think it was okay. released directly on Netflix, so maybe that's the confusion. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, it's Barbie bitch, so let's go past that. I want to talk a little Josie and the Pussycats, 2001, as I stated earlier. We got to, we got to. It was, you know, it was quite a trip down memory lane. I'd never seen this movie before. Maybe I'd seen a clip here or there on cable or something. There was one scene that seemed familiar to me with the one with at toward the end with the parker posey and uh alan cumming i think i maybe had seen that scene before it seemed familiar yeah other than that i definitely hadn't seen it the whole way through quite a trip down memory lane though with the nostalgia factor of the 2001 of it all just pre-9-11 deeply uh, 2001 <laughs> discman listening everything else you know people still talking about record deals all this is quite toward the end of that uh-huh obviously it's based on a TV, well, it's based on, I guess, a comic book that also was in a cartoon in the 70s, I want to say. Yeah, so it's a spinoff of the Archie comics. Yeah, it's in the Archie uh, Riverdale universe, so it's IP. It's IP, so, you know, we're already on brand. There's meta-commentary, we're already on brand. It's extremely meta, yes. Like, the one, the uh, character played by uh, Missy Pyle says something like, I'm only here because I was in the comic or something. Yeah, yeah, no, yes. Also... It's a weird character that's their manager's sister, which, why is that character? Which, I like her a lot anyway, so... Yeah. And she is... Also, she's Missy Pyle was in, um, Mars Attack, no, or, what was the one we did last month? Oh, Galaxy Quest. Thank you. as well, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about it when I was She's one of the this. aliens. It's a Missy Pyle summer, everybody. It's, you know, it's... Sorry, Sigourney, you're, you're done. It's a backdoor Missy... Missy can't think of uh it's a missy midsummer good alliteration oh it's a missy midsummer that's what happened i mean basically we had a sigourney weaver film festival it's summer we decided to do it outside you know in nature 
then some weird people in robes showed up. They uh, yep. dropped Sigourney off a, a big cliff, split her head open, out popped Missy Pyle. It's, uh... Or Missy Pyle's under the robe. I don't know, it's getting confusing. Missy Pyle's, they dress her up in a bunch of flowery crown. Uh, anyway, uh, she's a very funny comedic actress and, uh, you know, pretty ni- late 90s, early 2000s, that was her era. But I would like to see her and I'm sure she still works. Still, still working. I was just I looking it up. Speaking of still working, with though, I the, the star of this film, the titular character of Joseph. I was going to bring this up I too. Feel like, I feel like this movie killed her career. IMDb would have you believe that as well. She does a lot of voice acting now and a lot of Hallmark movies, which that's really devastating to me as someone who was 12 years old when this movie came out and felt some things for the first time, I would say. Oh, interesting. I had an enormous crush specifically on on Rachel Rachel Lee Cook Cook as Josie. Yes. Interesting, interesting. So you've seen this film before. This is not a first watch for you by any stretch. Right, I've definitely seen this uh, film 23 years ago. Okay, but was it in the the rotation for you? You just saw it the one time. I went to my grandmother's house, uh, and, and, and not the fun one. And the big draw there was that she had uh, movie channels, and this was on one of the HBOs or one of the one of the Maxes or whatever. Cinemax, yeah. of course, not not Max, the one to watch. Yes, Cinemax. Yeah. And so, just like I watched over the course of a week and a half, I watched like three or four different movies, four or five different times each. Ah, that makes sense. I think that's maybe where I saw the scene I was mentioning. I said. Uh, maybe that and one other scene. I it, it seemed familiar. I think we got like a free when they used to do those HBO. Like you get a free weekend, whatever. Because my parents yeah, would never yeah. pay for that. Any of these, you know, extra channels. But it would just come on your TV once in a while. And I think this was playing back then. So I bet that's where I where I saw that scene or two. Yeah, I don't know about Lee Cook. You know, I mean, she's most famous for she's all that. Obviously, yes. In this. And part of it's down to the writing of the character, maybe, or what the movie, kind of the movie it is in general, which is yeah strange. She doesn't really carry the, the film for me, I gotta say. There's not, like, a ton of star power. She's, like, no. adorable. I mean, yeah, she's cute. I'll, I'll, Tara Reid, I gotta say, I'd always remembered her being, like, a pretty bad actress. She became quite a punchline, I think. And I think she got into drugs and all this sort of thing, and she did, like, Sharknado and all this... But, like, in this, she was actually really good, I thought. Like, for what it was, like, she did the right type of performance. She was good three or four years later playing the exact same character in season two of Scrubs. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember her being in that, but... She just plays ditzy blonde ladies everywhere she goes. Um, Puppies get old and they die. But I just remember her... I I, I thought the thing on her was, like, almost like she was, like, a terrible actress, too. But, like, she's fine for what what the role is. No, she was asked to do a specific thing, and she accomplished that task. She's fine. And then uh, Rosario Dawson's the third pussycat, and she's obviously had the biggest career of the three of them. Yeah, yeah. She's... Yeah. She's a superstar Uh, now. She's on a poster here in Hollywood by my house right now for a new Star Wars bullshit. Uh, oh god yeah yeah, 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 i mean she has all the makeup on you know it doesn't you know but if they're literally changing your appearance so that you're not human anymore i don't count that she's not in that fair enough rosario dawson last seen in briar patch 
A what? There was a detective series on that aired on USA the year of COVID um, the, that I thought was, like, really phenomenal. Well, I've certainly never heard of this. And I, th- I think she was really, really good in it. No! Okay, she's at Haunted Mansion, so. Oh, right, which is currently flapping, I believe. Um, I mean, Barbie, Barbenheimer really took the air out of the room, I guess, even though I was saying it kind of saved a cinema to some degree. Well, it's... Everything else coming around, around it is getting... Uh, tanked i believe not that haunted mansion deserves a big box well it's like not everything's getting tanked right talk to me out outdid projections theater camp outdid projections it's just like nobody wanted to see another fucking haunted house movie specifically the the disney haunted mansion thing obviously everyone wants to see haunted house movies yeah horror movies are the one reliable everyone wants to see a haunted house by marlon wayne the wayne's yeah yeah yes and a haunted house too but, yeah, we're already gone a little bit long here, but we'll try to wrap up fairly soon. But we, I, get, I did have some more thoughts about Please. Josie and the Pussycat. Or I wanted to talk a little bit more about how weird it is, kind of, or, like, how interesting even they pair, because, like we were saying a little bit already, it's clearly, it's not a movie that gets made anymore, for sure. Uh, I don't think it had a huge budget, but it's, like, had a, must have had a decent enough one. It, it was released wide, everything, you know, it's, it is a, kind of bizarre though they and i don't even think it's a terrible movie a lot of things don't work but i didn't hate watching it or anything and i no, did laugh yeah, at some it's, of the parts it's, it's like fine but it's still just like fine it's not very funny or smart yeah but but it it does go it's not like super smart about it but it, like a whole main part of the film is like this consumerism things and the, the plot is they're brainwashing yeah teenagers through music and there's like a million different Starbucks, McDonald's, Pizza Hut, like everything is like there's so many different logos of this stuff on. Which is like a product placement. Yeah, I assume that was like product placement to get the thing made. Yeah. And then obviously the point of the thing is that they were brainwashing teams but they with uh, pop music, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, most of the humor is not like I would say I th- I think the studio making this, which I forget which one it was, but. I assume they were trying to go for it, uh, audience of like our age at the time, preteen to teen audience with who they probably you know, tear. Did this movie create my personality? Go on, go uh, on. It, well, we don't have time <laughs> in this podcast to get into that, but uh, but like you would think that's the audience, and then maybe maybe trying to pull in some people that were fans of the comic book or the, the you know the cartoon that would have been older at the time, the parents, I guess. And it, and the movie is not pitched at either of the. No, those this movie is pitched at their single uncles. Yeah, it's like it's it's just a comedy for like yeah, like you said, Gen X or like I mean, or for like yeah. Noah Baumbach or something. I don't know. It's like it's weird, and I mean, it flopped huge, so that makes yeah. sense, I guess. Yeah, it didn't work. Big big but... disaster at the box office. This was two thousand one. It was like irony hadn't yet died. Yeah, you know. Austin Powers was still a thing. Like, very broad, stupid comedy hmm. worked still. But yeah, for some reason, this movie didn't. But I mean, it, it does. Like, it's it, it's it's a fine rewatch. The only weird... The, the only shitty thing is that, like, Parker Posey, who I love, uh, the whole movie is, like, basically the star of the movie um, and probably the best actor in it. Well, no, I mean, obviously Alan Cumming. But they're both. I mean, clearly. But Parker Posey and Alan Cumming, like the big reveal at the end. Which, sorry if you didn't want Josie and the Pussycats two thousand one spoiled. Uh, the big reveal at the end that they were both There's losers no in the same high school, and that like that's why they're perfect for each other, and yeah. losers belong together and should leave all the rest of us alone. Came out of nowhere. 
Yeah, but that's also kind of like a, I don't think that really worked. But at the same time, I get it could be funny if done a certain way. I think just like being like it's you, just so incongruous with the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, because it, it does. I mean, it kind of tacks on a a thing with Josie and her kind of guy she likes and. I was loving it then when he's, like, crowd-serving and they're like just talking to each other like that. It's, like, a funny yeah. bit, but overall, that's a little bit tight. Like, having trying to have any kind of real emotional pull in a movie like this is pointless. Yes. They should have made it more, like, straight-up like Austin Powers or whatever, I would say. Or one of those films where they didn't even try to have any Yeah. But that's probably some studio note being, like, this is supposed to be for preteens, so have some kind of... So, I don't know. And, and you know, the story between, you know, the other two and... Josie of like the separation you know but what I wanted to bring up was uh you know Evil Alex watched this one with me good too. wonderful um, and uh yeah too bad she couldn't be on uh, talking with us sorry Evil Alex miss you she's do, doing something but we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get her back again soon but she made this point which I didn't think of but I completely agreed with she was like oh this is like this is basically Zoolander uh-huh and like and she's like, when did that come out? And I was like, oh, I think it came out the same year, and it did come out later in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Post nine eleven, just was when we decided we could laugh again. You know, Giuliani told us it was cool, so we all yes, of course, go see Zoolander that weekend. And that I would say completely. I haven't watched it in a while, but I assume it holds up okay. I I, I remember, you know, I I think it really works pretty well. I don't know how well Zoolander is going to hold up. Like Wait, Dodgeball doesn't hold up. Dodgeball is not funny anymore. Yeah, Missy Pyle's in that too, and you know I dressed up like her for Halloween. We really did do a Missy that Pyle summer, huh? Yeah. Um, I don't know how well Zoolander's gonna yeah, hold I up. Like, I mean, except except that I think it holds up better than Dodgeball. I would I would guess. Well, yeah, except for the talent of like Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller, uh, it, it, we're operating yeah. on a different level than like these three teen actors, like and absolutely yeah. no shade, but who were like. 22 at, at the most at the time uh, probably around that I would say I didn't even know if they were supposed to be teenagers I guess I don't they didn't really make no they did anything. it did not matter <laughs> it does not matter it's Riverdale world but like even like but it is very similar like the it is the same like the the plot of Zoolander also has to do a little bit with brainwashing yep. through models instead and uh, the Will Ferrell and that is pretty similar to Parker Posey I guess like they're doing Similar kind of big character, kind of fat, evil guy. Uh-huh, thing. uh-huh. Both real ad busters in, in yeah. Like, very... You're really trying to make this... this a, well, it's just, like, the, like, the Gen X just, like, broad, basic commentary about how, like, the TV controls your brain, Under- man. Just, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I know. It's like that, but I do what you mean. It's like that and then the sarcasm angle. Right. But whatever. It doesn't matter anyway. You know, it's like that. Which, that makes sense, actually, because, like, the whole setup of Parker Posey character, and then, oh, it doesn't matter anyway, she's just, like, a, this loser, and they're together, and yep. like, it's yep. just, like, a throwaway thing. That, so that is, like, that sensibility, right? But, um, yeah, I don't know, I just thought that was interesting. I guess it really is the encapsulation of the the time period. But, yeah, but Ben Stiller and Owen are going to do it better than Rachel Lee Cook and uh, Tara Reid. I don't know. Again, I didn't think she was bad, Terry. No. Or or Rosario Dawson. But uh, it was a little bit... It, it's like, it, it is a good pairing. I Good job picking this one, Eric. Thank you, uh, thank you. You want a free it, you want a it, free triple feature for, for you and the listener for this pair? 
I will, but just, let me just finish the point I was going to say is that Barbie has all these different elements mm-hmm. that work, though, even though some are incongruous, seemingly. Yeah. And then <laughs> the opposite with Joe's and the Pussycats, like, they tr- they put all these other incongruous things in and it just doesn't work. Like, I mean, it's still, right. again, probably a cult movie. Like, and making a significantly funny, worse but, like, soup out of the Didn't work at the box office, didn't yeah. work. Yeah, it, it's so, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. And things clear, I was talking about how things have changed with just, like, the song that kids are hearing, not the end of a Barbie, whatever, but, like, 2001 to 2023 is pretty, you don't think about it, at least I don't, because, like, I grew up then, obviously, so you don't, it, it takes, you have to, like, do something like this compared to, like, realize, like, oh, that really was such a long time ago, and sensibilities have changed quite a bit let alone technology, fashion, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what's the trouble feature? You ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this. I am ready. I'm ready for this, Jeff. So you're going to start with Barbie. To, to get back into some 2000s references. We're, we're, we're back. Uh, us and the, the Children of Destiny. So you're going to start with Barbie. Then you're going to watch Josie and the Pussycats 2001. Then I don't think okay. you're ready for this. Done. I really don't think you're ready for this. I told you I'm ready. Alex I'm Ross Perry's Her Smell. What? I was not. I'm not saying I'm not ready for that. I I didn't expect that. I wouldn't. Have, I told you you weren't ready. I wouldn't have come up with that. And if you gave me a hundred guesses, but I mean, a good menu okay, has I progression. Get the, I guess I get. I kind of get the Joes and the Pussycats. At least you know she's like the, the band and that and the breakup angle kind of. So yeah, I get that. What what else am I? Is, is that just like? Is this just a mood piece of like? this goes together is there something that's tying right well there's the thematic connection to uh josie and the pussycats obviously even from like certain plot points right um where the 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 lead singer freaks out on the rest of the band um but there's also you know uh a a good menu you've gotta you've gotta really you've gotta really be telling a story and we've we start with barbie the broadest hitting hit of 2023 but there's deeper stuff there you know then we go to something that is basically all surface but like none the worse for it we both enjoyed this movie we gotta we gotta watch something in black and white next time uh (laughs) but 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 i think we both enjoyed josie and the pussycats and from there from that you know cotton candy movie we go to something very serious about the same material yeah see i guess now i don't want to hate on your triple feature too hard and we talked about her smell a while back. That was that was an episode we did. We both liked that one. I will say, if I'm programming this, I don't think her smell is what I want to bring home. You know, I'm already sitting through a trouble feature. I feel like that's going to be too heavy for the end of this. If anything, I feel like Josie and the Pussycats has... So you're saying my time playing in the pit third. for operas has caused me to make the end of things too sad. <laughs> too heavy. Yeah, okay. see, I kind of think that... All right. So what are you what are you counter programming against my against my well, Barbie? Well, I, I need to think about it. You, you sprang okay. this on me, so we didn't not like we came with this. But but I will say like I think also in a triple feature it has to the vibe has to go together more to me than the theme. The vibe more than the theme. So see, yes, see, I get the the theme between her smell and Josie and the Pussycats, and even Barbie to some maybe to some degree, but like it doesn't have the same vibe like it doesn't have the same uh tone right we're stripping the bubble gum away from that material 
In a double feature, I could see it working better, but you, but you hit me with this triple feature, okay, so okay. I think it has to. I think in a double feature, you could switch the the tone a little bit more, but in a triple, I think it's going to be too much. I don't know. Agree to disagree here. Well, we'll let we'll let we'll let the ticket sales at our counter program triple features uh, right. tell the tale. I gotta here. hit up the new Bob. They gotta they gotta do this and see if it works. Right. Now I do want to think of what I would what I would pick. I mean, maybe I would go to, I don't have a something in mind yet, but just thinking of the era, I might even back it up further. So like Barbie is the here and now. All right, Josie is the 2001, you know, that's the era, the era of uh, when I was back in what, junior high, I guess. I would maybe go back into like the 70s or something to try to try to bring it home. Okay. I mean, even like, uh, not, not, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show specifically, because that's like its own thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people just go, but maybe something in that vein where a musical, because Barbie was kind of you know had like a musical sequence or two. Yes. Pretty highly choreographed with the Kens and everything. It was like more yeah, in like a classic musical almost. It's probably another parody or reference that I didn't get. Josie and the Pussycats is kind of a musical movie. Not really. Again, it's another thing where like. They did have some songs, but it's, it's not, not really, really a musical. But pretend to be nice either. does bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was, that was a pretty good song actually. And then, so I would I would keep the musical theme more. But like her smell, if I recall, doesn't really have a lot of sequences of them actually performing. I think it has one. It's got it's like three or four. Okay, it does, but it's not the same kind of. Not the same. I would maybe move it away from like the band sequences like in Josie or that and like do some other kind of broad musical thing broad so again I don't know what that is but that's where I'm going 70s 80s perhaps okay I'm trying to help you I can't even think of the right movie yes I know you're trying to but uh which is how I know I kicked your ass in this exercise all right that you brought up that I didn't I didn't have time no Listen, I guess if it's a, if it's a movies are relevant triple feature and it has to be ones we've done on the show, then that w- that would work, I, I suppose. In that case, though, I still would. I think I st- I would bring a, yeah against your opera technique. I would probably slide her smell into the the middle section, and definitely finish the easy breezy Josie and the Pussy. Guys. Okay. Okay. But by the way. You said it took half the time before. I was going to bring this up, and then I forgot about Oppenheimer in the theater, etc. Josie's easy to watch. We uh, on the uh, on the way I watched uh, that we watched Josie and the Pussycats. It was perhaps on a website that we like to go to. It was not working very well, and this thing was pausing. It paused like twenty times. Fuck. Uh, so we're saying like, oh, it is like we're back in two thousand one trying to look this thing up. <laughs> So it also kind of fit that theme, but uh, it was not actually that easy, even though it should have been. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know yeah. if it was the internet or what was going on. The stream of it did not obviously it didn't seem to have this issue. No, I had no problem. We definitely did. So no, it, it kept freezing constantly. It was ridiculous. Anyway, that won't happen at our our theater show. I'm mean, when we do this triple feature. Uh, for now, her smells in there. When I when I think of something better, I'll kick that out. But. Uh, no, uh, till then I think we'll be we'll be wrapping it up. You know what I did? I was, I'll mention this. Like, 
real quick if you want to say anything else you've been watching lately uh also we did do the double feature yesterday with josie as the second one the first one on the docket though that we did was uh joyride from this year i i've seen joyride now you did watch it okay too it was it it was pretty funny i liked it it wasn't like uh, revolutionary or anything but it was no but it was good he's again easy uh comedy with some with some uh some good laughs pretty standard storyline you know good some good uh it had a uh the actress from uh, everything everywhere it was very good stephanie shu stephanie shu yeah and then some other uh actors that i wasn't really familiar with that i liked as well and baron davis for <laughs> i assume he just yes. want, wanted to be in it and uh but the end of his kind of scene there that storyline was pretty was pretty funny i thought yeah anyway saw that uh what else have you been watching anything to to remark he recently watched breathless from 1960 by mm. jean-luc godard i've seen it you know it's good it it's good it's classic for a reason ties ties in the street like a dog dies in the street like a dog never found out if he wanted yeah. to see her or if he no, just wanted to know if he wanted didn't. to see her yeah i think that's it but uh have you i assume you haven't seen then the the uh remake the american remake from uh the 80s no richard Gere. i just learned that there was one uh when i went to also uh, find that the actor's yeah. name while we were talking earlier it's also like pretty good i would say okay, okay. and um they switched the thing where he's the guy obviously and it's like a french a uh, french like because in the godard one it's like an american girl yeah. coming to france so they switch it it's the same character types but like she's like a french model coming and and the actress they get for this is like okay okay person. i'm in so, see like, no more watch it. <laughs> watch it alone but anyway uh yeah so you're still on your french new way you you had been talking about getting into that more and you had been doing that right and that's like yeah uh, yeah this is more of a classic i was trying to do the uh the the new french extremists first um but you know sometimes you hit the old tcm library and they're breathless is you know that's right well maybe we'll get back to some more classic i mean we're stretching the uh it was a cult classic i guess by josie but we were stretching the uh we have got I, to do something just so old next time. We got to do something black and white that Eric's not going to like. Uh, we, where are you, Elia Kazan? Let me get. Let me dip back oh, into your yeah. filmography and I'll find something. <laughs> uh, but until then, I think this should this should wrap it up. We did, you know, we didn't do Barbenheimer. We did we did <laughs> Barb and Pussy. But Go to jail. I think that works just as well. That's right. Uh, yes, I'll put that on the the sign <laughs> on the side of the road. Do you, like, you like barbing? Barbing pussy. God damn it! Make people crash their cars, or I'll have terror. I'll have terror do it for a full effect. Yeah, but that should do it. So stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound Network. Check us out also on Drew's Views on YouTube. Eric and I watching anime right now. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, the classic, and uh, my other stuff on there and. uh until then, we're leaving. Uh, we're leaving Ken World, podcast world. We're gonna go on a journey and uh, find uh, find the real world as film bros. I got my roller skates on. It's fine. So you don't get them all. It's fine.
Yeah, strap on the skates. We're out of here. Peace. Ah!